Time is the most valuable thing. If I'm convinced of something, I know what I'm doing, I'm gonna go for it now. If I have to borrow money to make that happen, I'm gonna do it. You have to decide what you're comfortable with. You have to decide if you have confidence that you can make this work. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast. Heather, it's so great to be here once again. I know. It's going to be a good one, right? What are we talking it's gonna about? It's going to be a great one. It's going to be about money. How to invest in land with other people's money. Or how to invest in land without any of your own money. How to be a land investor without any money out of your own pocket. One of those three titles. Okay. Or something similar. Working titles there? They're working titles uh, when we film these. And then smarter people take a look at it and say, this should be what the title is. That's one of the most common things. I want to, I want to do this, but I don't have a lot of cash. And can I still do it? Right. Or I don't have any cash. That's always a common question that we get in our community is, hey, this sounds great. Mm -hmm. I know I could make this work. I think I've got all the tools to make this work. But I really don't have any of the money to buy the properties. I don't have money to send out all this mail. Like, how do you do this kind of thing without having that big chunk of money to start with? And, uh, you know, what are some ways to make that happen? So in this episode, we're going to talk about how to get this all done without any of your own money. You know, no money to buy any of these properties. And we'll even give you ideas for raising funds or or getting money to do that startup for your business itself. I mean, I normally shy away from things where it's like, oh, you know, don't, you don't have the money, don't do, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And that's not the case with this. So if that's what you're thinking in your head, it's not one of those weird. No, it's not. Know. I mean, it's, it's legitimately, this can be done without any of your own money. And I a lot just, of people do start this business that way. Right. And that's the cool thing about it. It's like no down payments, mm -hmm. no credit checks, no, any of that kind of stuff. How's that happen? Well, we'll get into it in today's episode. But mm -hmm. before we do, mm -hmm. do you have any current events that you'd like to talk about? No, Heather? I'm like over current events. Okay. All right, there. You're not into the current stuff anymore. No, it's just boring. No, I'm just kidding. It's the same old stuff. I don't know. Some people are saying is that wow, when the crash happens, it's going to be bad. And other people are like, was the housing market already corrected? Is real estate on a rebound? Prices in San Diego, I just read, are still going up. Hmm. Yes. And interest rates are still, you know, high. So there you go. Everything we think we know, we don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. If if someone tells you they know where the market is going, they don't. Yeah, you can listen to them, I guess, but <laughs> but no one knows for sure. No. And, uh, Right. Because if that was the case, then people would only buy during these people would only buy during certain, you know what I mean? And uh -huh. there's some people that have a lot more experience and, and that they are kind of able to time the market maybe. Yeah, exactly. And, and good for them. But for someone who hasn't been through every single cycle and stuff, or for us who have been through many, many cycles, we are saying we don't know. Yeah. I think of the real estate market kind of like as a slow moving ship, like mm -hmm. a big cruise ship. It doesn't turn easily. It doesn't make quick turns, anything like that. But when it does make a turn and it's making this big wide turn and it starts going in the opposite direction, then, you know, you get an indication at least of where things are going. But if you're go trying to guess when that ship is going to turn, that's that's kind of a fool's errand, as they, as they would say. You know, there were so many people saying, you know, even leading into 2018, 2019, that the market was overheated that things were, you know, the real estate market was too hot. It was unsustainable. It was going to crash at any moment. So a lot of people missed out on that. The One of the best real estate markets of all time, because there were people out there, other experts out there saying that the market was just about to crash. So the market was going to crash. Things were going to fall apart. 
You know, it was just a, a matter of time. And then it didn't happen and it didn't happen. And even when COVID happened, there were many people, including myself, who thought, okay, this is this is the event that's going to cause the market to go and, you know, head south and really start um, falling apart. But what actually happened was the opposite. Things got crazier and crazier for other factors that not many people could have foreseen at that time. It's tough to tell what's going to happen with the market. So we just keep an eye on things closely and, and react accordingly when when we do get confirmation of where things are headed. Right. And my big thing on that is that I like to plan for any market. Yeah. You know, land doesn't go up as quick and it doesn't go down as quick. I think land also can, instead of like dropping to, to nothing, well, I mean, it can, I guess, in some weird markets, but it's more like it just slows. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have that same like volatility. The volatility in the single family housing market, I think, comes from the borrowing of money. You know, a lot of people are not really as vested. Right. You know, these land transactions, a lot of them are happening with cash. I, what do you think? I mean, we've talked about this before, but what do you think or what percentage do you think is financed? I'm guessing about 70 percent cash, 30 percent financed. And has that changed? No. Not really. I mean, maybe maybe a couple of years ago, it was slightly skewed more cash, mm-hmm. but there was still a lot of lending going on, too, because the interest rates were great. For the most part, these are cash transactions or a lot of the finance transactions are actually people that are taking out a maybe a second mortgage on their home mm-hmm. or home equity line of credit or something like that and using that as cash. Right. And but, I think um, people, too, are thinking I could put I mean, interest rates are better when you like just regular straight up savings accounts or whatever. But people still realize, well, it doesn't, the balance isn't there because if you have to borrow at a higher amount, even if you're making, you know what I mean? Like there's a weird thing. And they're saying that putting it in land is um, better than just keeping it in a savings account, mm-hmm. their cash. Yep. Ultimate asset that will keep up with inflation. You know, if you have it sitting there in cash, the value of that cash is going to be slowly degrading over time. If you have it in an asset like land, that land is going to be increasing in value just to keep up with inflation. While you were talking, I was looking this up. I okay. wasn't rudely ignoring you. Yeah. But I did see um, this comment come through this morning on one of our YouTube, our podcast videos of the YouTube. On our YouTube, YouTube. channel. <laughs> I was yes. going to say, but I'm sorry, Heather, you're wrong about not valuing it. This is the most valuable course I've taken in the past five years. I'm on level seven. I'm still in shock that Pete isn't charging for it. Thank you, Pete. God bless you, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I really appreciate that. And obviously, uh, they're referring to the training program that I give away for free. And I yell at you every single time you say free. That's exactly what they're talking about. Is yeah. You say free. And I'm like, it's not free. It's at no cost or people won't yeah, value it's no it. Cost. And then he's saying it is valuable. It is. You know, that, you know, we go back and forth. Are, on this. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. We go back and forth mm-hmm. on this all the time. Part of our strategy to give this away at no cost. Mm-hmm. I'll try to retrain myself to say that. At no I mean, cost. it really doesn't better. matter. It, I yes. know, but it's just me being. But it is true. People generally uh, have a tendency not to value things that they, they, they get for free. And, uh, you know, that's that's one of those things that we struggle with. I obviously want people to, to take the program seriously. And uh, I think anyone that goes through the program will see that it's professionally put together program and it lays everything out there. And uh, I know I could be charging a lot for it, but I choose not to. I'm, sorry, I'm just noticing you're wearing the exact same shirt in this podcast as you are in that one. Maybe I should wash it one of these days. <laughs> Your dad jokes, man. I have, I have, if you haven't noticed, uh, if you're watching these podcasts, I have a very similar outfit every time. I have t-shirts and shorts or, you know, kind of like jogger pants mm. that I wear pretty much every day. There's I different colors. Very, yes, I do have different mm. colors. And you actually have multiple of the same one, like I colors. I have multiple black t-shirts. Yeah. Yes. Because he spills coffee. 
Well, I'm not going to spill it today. Whoops. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, I thought that was really funny. I saw that come over. I helped monitor the emails, you know, and I saw like something. All I saw was, I'm sorry, Heather, you're wrong. And so I had to say it in an angry voice, too, because clearly they weren't angry. They're just being funny. But it's true. It was, you know, and I, I love getting that feedback because I know what you've put into that. If you're just joining us. We have a, you're talking about this. Where do they find this? What is it and everything? Like, let's get into that really quick before we get into this. Yeah. So this is all in our Land Conquest community. So Land Conquest is the name of our community. And, you know, it's just a fun branding that we did that's try to be a little different than some of the other uh, land education. I need someone to do the sound effect every time you say land. Land, land conquest. Yes. Like yes. you actually hired someone to say that. Like yes. it's like an 80s video game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By the way, I saw a video of the guy that said, you've got mail. So he's apparently driving an Uber in Cleveland and he, he got $200 for that. He got $200 for saying yeah, you've so got no mail. No royalties or anything like that. You know, oh his God. wife worked for the company. That hurts because... That's um, like I would recognize that voice anywhere. Oh, I'm sure the people that were on the Internet in that 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 time period, that was like the most famous person voice on the planet at that point. If social media had been a thing. Mm -hmm. okay. so we have Land Land Conquest. I appreciate (laughs) that. That's okay. So we have Land Conquest, which is a at no cost training program. Mm -hmm. And it pretty much teaches you from nothing to you land investing. It's everything that. We do in our land investing business, it's like it starts at putting your business together, getting an entity set up, bank account, everything, everything you need to do on the front side, you know, to kind of establish the foundation for your business. But from there, it goes into all kinds of different things that you need to know in order to do this business. None of it is rocket scientist science, I guess you could say. None of it is rocket scientist either. Yeah. I mean, there's steps that you can follow Mm -hmm. there. Uh. You just have to, there's a lot of different steps. And they can find everything on the internet if they want to spend a few years, maybe. <laughs> yes. Right? I mean, it's everything is out there, kind of. Yeah. And the problem is you don't know where you're, the information source on right. some of these things. You will watch a random YouTube video and do these people even know what they're talking about? No. I, you know, hey, this is what we do. You can see exactly what kind of results it's produced because I'm very open about that. We do, a, you do a income reports, monthly yeah. income report on our website, turningprofit.com. So if uh, you look at that and you see that, okay, maybe they do know what they're talking about a little bit, then, then yeah, I think the training program will be worthwhile for you. So we've got the training program. We've got a great community. We're, we've, we're over 1,100 people right now as of this filming. And I know, you know, my goal is to make it much larger than that, but that was a good milestone that we hit. So we've got brand new investors in the community. Community. We've got experienced investors doing over a million uh, a year. We're hanging out in the community, answering questions. We also do regular Zoom calls where we break down your deals. When you find a deal, I'll share my screen and go through that deal and let you know what I think, show you how I evaluate properties. A lot of different resources in there. And I guess the question that you probably have in your head is why are we doing this for free? You know, like why am I giving away this training program for free? Why am I wasting my time putting together this this community? You know, first of all, I don't feel like it's a waste at all. I I get a lot out of interacting with other investors. Uh, I learn from people too, as well. You know, we are going to make money from this side of things. It's just maybe not selling a course like uh, other providers typically do. One of my main goals is to partner with you on your deals. We're going to be getting into that a little bit in this podcast. So we'll talk about that a little later. But and then also uh, we'll have a a mentorship program that is going to be available for people that are kind of looking uh, to get really serious about their business and kind of take that next step. And that's not going to be a free program. But anyhow, so, Heather, why don't we get into the topic of today's podcast? Yeah. 
Okay. So how to become a land investor, not having to use your own money without, you know, not having huge banks. You hear about real estate investors that are like, oh yeah, so-and-so they've got, you know, a fund of $5 billion and making up numbers, of course. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that you can join our community for free at landconquest.com. Inside, you'll get all the resources, training, and support for building a thriving land flipping business. Once again, that's landconquest.com. All right, enjoy the rest of the show. Or a rich relative, or they've just saved up a lot of money and, you know, they came from the tech industry, let's say, and they now want to get into this. Okay, that's great. But what if that's not you? Right. And and that's, you know, I guess you could put together a an investment fund or something like that, but we're not talking about that. There's nothing nothing that complicated in order to, to make this happen. Um, there's kind of two big things, two big categories that you need money for in this business. First of all is the business itself. That's like the business overhead, the marketing, all the standard business stuff, mm-hmm. you know, phones, emails. It's with any business. Apps, there's going to be that app, type of stuff you need. <laughs> I was saying, there's going to be apps for every business. Yes. No, there's there's expenses for any kind of business. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't different, except for that you don't have to overhead. Right. Like you don't have to have a location. You don't have to have anything like that. So I think in that sense, it's probably less. Right. But then there's the other side of the advertising, which is the mailing and stuff, right? Yeah. So the mailing, um, the outreach, that's probably going to be your largest ex- expense. We generate all of our deals with direct mail and direct mail. Uh, produces a great return for us. It also does cost money up front, but there are other ways to do it too. If you're kind of on a budget, there's lots of different ways to get deals. You know, people do cold calling, people do texting, people do TV ads. Obviously that would cost a lot of money, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of different ways to get deals. And I've even heard of investors getting deals off the MLS. You could even like, I was gonna say, go door to door, but you could, you could just pull like local records. Right. There's bandit signs. Do you ever hear those? Yeah. I mean, you could put like just, you know, little signs up that say, I buy land. Yes. It's a lot of way to generate deals. So that's probably going to be your biggest expense kind of in the the business operations side of things. You could do like, I buy ugly land. Yes, you could. I'm just like dying in my head. All these like ridiculous Uh, things. So we've got that side of things. Mm -hmm. That's number one. That's kind of the business overhead. Number two is actually buying the properties. So two categories, business overhead and buying the properties. We've got ideas for you, how, how to get money together for the business overhead side of things. But we also have a great solution for you. So you won't need to spend any of your own money in order to actually buy the properties. You know, I saw this um, thing. Someone was talking about how, you know, that whole thing, like if you build it, they will come. What was that? Field of Dreams Field movie? Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. And I truly like live by that. I think if you prepare for it, it'll happen, mm-hmm. you know? And especially with the business, like I've people are always like, oh, you know, when you start your own business, it'll fail. Like I don't ever think about that. And I don't, no, I don't hear a lot about that either. Like if you really research it and you go into it, I think it's a lot harder harder to fail than people make it out to be. But anyways, that's sidetracked. But I believe in the whole, if you build it, they will, or they will come, whatever. Mm -hmm. And in this sense, I feel like if you, if this is of interest to you, you go through that course, start Mm -hmm. taking all the steps. And I would worry about the money second to that. And that's like, not normally me. Normally me, it's like, you should set aside all this kind of stuff. But with the solutions you're talking about today, it really takes away from that. Mm -hmm. Since we're talking about these two different categories, Mm -hmm. we've got the business overhead, Let's uh, let's kind of go through some of our ideas in order to kind of fund that side of things that so you could get your business up and going without, you know, having any of that cash sitting in a bank account right now. 
So I've written down some ideas and Heather and I collaborated on some of these. Big one, uh, corporate credit cards. You know, a lot of times these corporate credit cards, if you're starting a new LLC or an entity like that, you can apply for this credit, these business credit cards in the name of that LLC or corporation. Now, different cards have different requirements. Some of them want you to be in business for a little bit of time. And you probably know more about this category than I do. Yeah, but I mean, I think the way that I would use this again, I mean, if you're living very paycheck to paycheck, I don't don't take out credit. Mm -hmm. That's just my general thing. Like you need to have a plan uh, at least to cover that. But anyways, um, if you're going to go the credit card route, I would look for something with a good cashback because that's it's like getting a discount on your expenses. But also a lot of them have sign on bonuses. So Mm -hmm. you could be, you know, it'll be like what spend. I've seen some that are like spend ten thousand dollars, get a thousand dollars back. Like that's Mm. crazy. Yeah, it's great. So there's ways to do that. Um, And then you have, you know, it buys you a little extra time to pay it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and some of them intro rates too, don't they? Like 0% interest or six months or something. Yeah, I mean, it, it just varies right now because interest rates are kind of higher, mm-hmm. but they're out there. I mean, I, I think actually I got like a notice this morning. It was like in our email. I didn't really, I don't didn't read it because um, we don't carry balances, but it was like 3.9% for the life of it or something. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. And a lot of the cool thing is that your goal is to flip your houses quick or your houses. Mm-hmm. You could flip your houses quick, okay. uh, but how about land? You should flip the land quick. Right. Um, so you're not talking about holding it for, you know, years or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So Heather and I have a little bit different philosophy when it comes to this kind of stuff. He's going to be, I know. Wait. I'm more aggressive. Uh-huh. She's more conservative. And, you know, you may be somewhere along that, that, you know, that continuum, I guess you could say. I'm of the belief that time is the most valuable thing. And I don't want to wait around a year until I save up a little bit more money to feel more comfortable so then I could start doing this. I'd, if I'm convinced of something, I know what I'm doing, I'm going to go for it now. And if I have to borrow money to make that happen, I'm going to do it. You have to decide what you're comfortable with. You have to decide if you have confidence that you can make this work. Right, and have enough for the minimum payment then. Well, definitely. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think wouldn't... when you say that, you need to just qualify okay. it. Or, All right, you so know. How about this? I would definitely, in a, if a situation like uh, like this, if you've got some sort of base salary coming in, something like that takes care of all your living expenses, but you don't have a lot of extra to start up a business or something like that. We can both agree on that. that right. That's different. I just You're don't right. want someone who has like no money. To just take out credit and then live off of that. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This isn't a, um, a side business that's going to take 5 million years. It's not like mm-hmm. something where you're going to be building it up for two years before you turn a penny. Right. Right. It's not like that. It's just that it does take time and, and not time. I mean, it, it does take a little bit of time, but also, um, you know, when you go into this, this is kind of like a long-term not side hustle, but yeah, I mean, I guess it started as a side hustle. I hate that word. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really uh, like what's it. A, what's a better explanation? Like a side, a new project, an income producing project. This, I wouldn't go into this like, Hey, I'm going to do this for like three months unless mm, you're going to do yeah. it seasonally for three months. It's like, you're starting a business and if you're going to do it right, you go all in and hopefully the goal is to replace your regular, you know, full-time whatever you're doing right now, unless that's a business and you just want another one too. So anyways, I'm just saying like, this is the perfect thing for someone who has an income. Don't take out a credit card if you can't make the minimum payments or if you have a history of not being able to control your spending. Mm, Yes, yes. Use credit responsibly, just like drinking alcohol responsibly. Yeah, so if you're going to take out a business credit card, don't go and buy a bunch of... uh 
Lamborghinis. Fa- Lamber- a bunch of Lamborghinis, yeah. Or a bunch of fancy sneakers or a bunch of, you know. Right. Uh, it's for the sole purpose of running the business. And it's also a good way to keep track of your spending. Yes. We're not financial planners. We're not. Pete's like, well, you know, I kind of am. <laughs> so you- used to be a financial advisor, Heather. Okay. Well, I was a financial services manager. And so that means nothing okay. Okay. in today's world to me. Yes. But yes, you did too, all that. So yes, take that for what it's worth. Okay. But I'm just saying like, go into it responsibly, but this can be a good way to save money. And then even if you're already doing it, like I love our business credit cards, points, mm-hmm. cash back. Why not? It's like yeah. free money. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sets that up anyways. There are tons of people out there that talk about credit cards. Mm-hmm. So if that's of interest to you, just do credit card rewards. Like, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's tons out there. Yeah. Yeah. There are a bunch of experts out there. If you really need to know certain ones, you can email me or email. What's an email that I would answer to? What's a good one Turningprofit.com. Okay. Yeah. And they'll forward it to me and then I'll respond back and I'll give you links to some good ones okay. that you can follow. Okay. Um, and they go into all the credit card stuff and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think, yes, it's definitely viable option. And I, and I do agree with you. Remember like the one thing I said, I wish I had not done was, or I wish I had taken more risks because mm-hmm. it's stupid. Yeah. I'm so, I hate using the word conservative these days, but I'm so careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or paranoid or no, I'm just kidding. I would say paranoid, but you know, that's cautious, just cautious. That's it. And sometimes you have to push that aside a little bit, not be reckless, but be more open to jumping all in. Yeah. Business is all about risk and reward. Even starting a business, you're risking whatever money you you start this business with, the fact that it's going to actually pay off for you at some point. So even in this business, from the moment you start sending out the mail, you're probably 90 to 120 days out minimum, you know, from getting a income back in. So it takes a little time. There's some risk involved. Mm -hmm. Maybe you buy the wrong property and, you know, you lose money. I I don't know. Well, we have a lot of podcasts that that we've done just on that too. Like our goal is not to lose money and not every single thing is going to be a winner. Mm-hmm. You just won't. I mean, there's things. I'm you, a winner. My mom tells me that. Your mom, Yes. Your mommy does tell you that you are a winner. Your goal is not to lose money. Your goal is to make money. And you're right. I mean, you, it, it is risky, but it's a qualified risk. And that's what you're, the training program actually oh, yes. walks you through. So it's like you're alone. Anyways, this is like a, this going is going on, on a negative tangents. Okay. Uh, tangent. It- so this next category, this next uh, suggestion here is maybe a little bit obvious, but it does apply in certain situations. And s- some people, this would be a great option for them. You could talk to a family member or even a partner, someone that's maybe got the money, but not the time that would be interested in something like this. So it's a lot of partnerships out there that are structured like, hey, th- here's the money person. I'm the doer person mm-hmm. in this deal. And maybe you figure out some sort of split, you know, in the business and the money partner person gets 30% and you get 70%. You're doing everything all the time and everything. And uh, I don't know, there's lots of different ways to structure things like that. I used to think that there's, that that couldn't work or whatever, because I was like, why would the money person not just do the work and get the, all the money? Like, I tr- honestly, truly thought that I was like, this seems ridiculous. But now I'm, it's, it totally makes sense. There's a lot of people that have money that it's sitting there making like, I want to say next to nothing. It doesn't mean nothing. It just means like with inflation and everything, it's not, it's not leveling out and they don't want to necessarily be in the stock market. That was the other thing I thought that anyone that had a certain amount would want to be in the stock market. And there's like not the case. So you'd be surprised. The whole thing is like, you can ask directly, but also just letting people know like, Hey, I'm doing this. And I would love to partner with somebody. Right. That's it. Send, send them my income report. You want to get people excited. Send them my uh, income reports. And just to so they could see what's possible in the business. Not that I want them like partnering with me or anything like that. I'm just saying that if you want to show them maybe what's possible in the business, you're trying to just kind of illustrate it a little better. Or, or if you need to, if you need to talk your wife into it, that's a good idea. Show them that. And then, you know, it might wife. help a little bit. Or your, or your spouse. 
You're so, killing doesn't me here. It could be your wife. It could yeah. be your husband that you're trying to talk into it. Mm-hmm. So. Your partner. I just look at things from my perspective your partner. sometimes. Yeah. Okay. What? Who else you got for us? What else? Okay. Well, next thing is a side hustle. I know you love that term. We just talked about that. Wait, can, uh, if someone knows a better term, please let me know. Uh-huh. It could be anything. You know, it could be like uh, like Gary Vee does. Like he buys stuff at garage sales and, and then resells it on eBay. Does he still do that? I don't know. I've seen some of his videos where he still does that. Maybe you've got a different area of expertise. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could take on some clients on the side where you consult them in, in a certain way just to build up some of that side cash. Not something that you have to do forever, but if you're looking to establish a, a goal of a certain kind of seed amount of money, maybe that's a, maybe that's a good option. I actually see people, I think this is kind of funny, but and I didn't really believe it, but until people are showing what they're earning, but like the ride share and also food delivery, people actually do that to build up money to do like other things. I think it's great. Well, you know, the cool thing about it is that you don't have to go into it knowing that like, hey, I'm going to do this forever. You maybe set yourself a goal and you say any of the money that I generate from this is going to go towards this venture. And you're going to it thinking, hey, I'm going to work hard at this for 90 days, 120 days, whatever it is, save that money and then transition to, to what you really want to do with the money. Just a thought. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, and also it could be weekends. It's kind of fun. I mean, we've met a bunch of Uber drivers that, or Lyft drivers that are doing it just for socialization and stuff. Mm -hmm. So why not? Isn't there like a basketball player that was just saying he was doing it on the off season and he donates some money or was it basketball or something? I don't know. Yeah. It was some sports. I thought that was pretty cool too. Okay. What else do you got? Sell some stuff. Wow. Okay. Okay. So if you're like us, you've got a lot of random stuff in your garage, probably things that you paid a lot of money for at one point that are not getting used. Wouldn't it be easy to just take that stuff, take some pictures of it and put it up on eBay? I should do that with the stuff you in your office. Whatever. <laughs> the stuff in my office? Okay. Well, I need some of that stuff. Oh, okay. If you have the goal, like I think the important thing would be to figure out a, an amount of money. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, re- I'm ready to do this at X amount of dollars and then work backwards. Like what could I do to get there? Do that. And I think that'll motivate you too to do it quicker, you know? Yep. I love it. Reverse engineer as we always mm-hmm. talk about. And then the last thing, and there's many other ways to kind of get this seed money, but the last kind of suggestion we have here for today would be 401k or retirement plan loan. So some of the some of the plans that and life insurance as well, sometimes you can borrow money against that those plans. So at a very good interest rate. And then basically you're borrowing money against yourself. I would bet on myself if I was starting a business. I wouldn't be worried about doing anything like that myself. So that's the part one. That's the business operations, getting the business up and running, the marketing, whatever you got to do there. That's that pool of money. The other side of things is actually buying the properties. Okay. Now, this part is actually much, much easier. And we've got a great solution. And we both agree to the exact direction to do it. We're both on the same page. This same page right here. Quite literally. Okay, so that is our Partner with Pete program. Maybe we should do a Partner with Heather website too. I don't know. Heather seems just kind of like difficult to work with. Yeah, she is pretty difficult to work with. She doesn't answer her emails as quick. I don't know. I think Partner with Pete is the way to go. Okay, so Partner with Pete. If you go to that website, it's just Partner with W-I-T-H Pete, P-E-T-E. On that site there, there's a form on that site. And you basically fill out that form. This is the form where you actually submit a deal to us. We'll review it right away uh, within 24 hours, Monday through Friday, and let you know if we can fund that deal. So here's how, how that side of things works. Do you have a great deal under contract? We'll submit it to partnerwithpete.com. The Partner with Pete program is a deal funding program where we will actually use our funds to complete the purchase of the property. We will do every other step of the process, including the due diligence, the transaction side, the marketing side, and the transaction on the resale side. And when all the dust settles, 
we will split the profits 50-50. There is no downside for you as an investor, only upside. So once again, go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and let's get it funded. You don't need any money yourself to actually buy these properties. We will use our money to buy these properties ourselves, and then we split the profits on the deal 50-50 when the property ultimately resells. In the meantime, what we do is once, uh, once you bring the deal and we agree to move forward with it, we do everything from that point forward. That's a big deal because a lot of there's other people that will partner with you mm-hmm. on land investing. But the whole reason why ours is from what I can find, you know, the top up there, because from that point on, we take over and we use our resources and our connections and all that to you take it away. What, what do we? Use yeah, well, I, I just wrote all these different things down that we do. We'll review the deal. If it looks good, you know, we'll let you know right away. And basically, we're looking for as many deals as we can find. But here's what we do. We send the money to close the transaction. So that's the big part. Right. You, know, you don't have to. Put any of your own money down. No credit check. No nothing. Like none of that stuff. It's, it's all just based all about the, the deal. property. It's yeah, all about exactly. the property. Yeah. So we coordinate and hire a photographer to go check out the property. We have a whole due diligence process. So we order all that and we conduct that all ourselves. We find the local broker or agent to give their opinion on the property. We open the uh, purchase transaction and coordinate the whole transaction side of things. So that's opening the the deal with the attorney, title, escrow company, anything like that. After it closes, uh, then we list the property with the quality local or broker agent to sell the property. A lot of times that's the same agent that we use for our broker opinion. And, you know, in many areas, we've got a great established contacts. But, you know, we're always venturing out and finding new great people to work with as well. So and then we front any of the costs associated with value add services, meaning we're getting a survey, we're getting a perk test, we're getting some brush clearing, any of that kind of stuff. We handle that ourselves. Obviously, it gets deducted out from the profits at the end, but we front all those costs ourselves. Then when any offers come in from buyers, we negotiate those offers. We feel like we're pretty good at negotiating. I know Heather is. I'm just an expert at negotiation. Okay. And then we coordinate the resale transaction, sign all the paperwork. And then when the property closes, you get your uh, 50% of the profits. We get paid back, you know, what we paid for the property. And then we get 50% of the profits as well. So you get that wired to you directly from the closing, you know, attorney or escrow company, whatever that is. So there's really no downside to you. You know, if say we were to lose money on a deal or something, it's not like we're coming after you and saying, hey, pay up. That's all on us. Uh, It would be rare that that would happen. But Anything is possible. You know, we get we get asked a lot, you know, kind of like what types of properties we're looking for, what types of deals we fund. And I put together a little list, kind of our, our general stuff. Wow, so, you're prepared today. Very prepared. I spent a long time, a lot of time putting together these notes. Here's what we look for, Heather. We prefer deals where there is a double. Mean by that I mean like buy for thirty thousand, sell for sixty thousand. We'll go outside of that criteria a little bit sometimes, depending on the deal how quickly we think it'll sell, number of other factors. But as a general rule, that's kind of what we're looking for. Next, uh, we want each party to make at least $10,000. So that would be $10,000 for you as the investor, $10,000 for us. You know, that's kind of our minimum that we're looking to, to do deals on. We'll do infill lots and we will do rural vacant land. We really don't care as far as that goes, as long as it's a deal. There's no deal too big. So if you have a really big deal, Send it our way, and we are de- definitely very interested in those. If the deal's too small, uh, we won't be able to do it. You know, if it's below that kind of ten thousand dollar profit per deal, then you know it's not something we'd be able to do. Now, obviously, if the purchase price is small, 
but the profits are big, so we're at least making $10,000 each, then we're, we're definitely fine with that. Say it's a $5,000 property, but you think we can sell it for 40,000, definitely we're interested. And then most all states, you know, there are some property types that we don't like. It would be the big one would be desert squares. I'm not really into the debt. And I know that's a whole market for some land investors, but it's really not what we're into. You know, just properties like that that have very limited usage out of just being a big piece of land in the middle of the desert. <laughs> landlocked properties. We don't do landlocked properties. Again, another niche someone could be in. It's just not what we're... Just not what we do. Yeah. That's right. Uh, some other bullet points that I wrote down here so I don't forget. We'll let you know within 24 hours, Monday through Friday. If it's on the weekend, probably won't let you know. Sometimes I'm working and I'm looking at deals on the weekends, but I try to try to not do that. Plus, our team is not working on the weekend, so that would mean I have to do everything, and that's kind of hard for me sometimes. No credit check or any other qualifications. No downside for you as the investor. We split the profits 50-50 at closing of the resale transaction. Pretty basic. That partner with Pete Page, it's kind of a basic form that you fill out. You don't have to have all your due diligence ready, anything like that. As soon as you get a deal under contract, a purchase agreement signed, then you just submit it on that page. And uh, we know when's it, when a deal's a deal. So we're able to look at it quickly and let you know if it's a yay or a nay. Now, obviously, if we don't have any of the due diligence done at that point, we do that whole process. If there's some sort of red flag that comes up during the purchase transaction side of things, you know, something comes up with the title or something comes up with the on-site inspection, something that we don't like, mm-hmm. we're not going to just simply buy the property with a problem like that. We would, we would let you know that we wouldn't be able to move forward because of this reason or uh, that we'd have to adjust the price or something like that in order to move forward. But you're good at fixing little things, too. Like yes, exactly. You know, we try to troubleshoot and figure out solutions. I mean, so that would be the it's not common that that happens, but sometimes that will happen. I mean, that's why we do due diligence to figure out if there's anything kind of lurking, any skeletons that cause it with that property, any any red flags, as we call them, that would make the property not as valuable as what we thought it would be. In the past, we've purchased properties that we, if for whatever reason, maybe it just felt like such a good deal. It had some issues, but we could, right. it's like, I was talking to someone today and they were like, oh, I just keep dating these guys and they all have these little problems, but I can fix them. And it, I was like, how's that working for you? Well, it takes a lot of time, a lot of energy. And then I'm kind of, you know, like disappointed and stuff. It's kind of like that with some of these properties, right? Like, it's just not, it's not worth it. So is that what you thought about when you started dating me? Oh, I didn't say that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't remember. It was so long ago. I can't even remember. But um, so we're not looking for absolutely perfect properties. No, they're rare. I mean, every single transaction has an issue, but there's some that are just not worth it. So which ones have we bought? Like, talk about one that we bought that you wouldn't rebuy. Ones that we made hardly any money on. (laughs) I bought a landlocked property one time. That's, you know, and that kind of taught me the lesson. Like, hey, I know we can buy these properties cheap. Right. But then we have to sell them really cheap also and then hardly make any money after a lot of of effort. And it limits the buyers that are going to want it. Yeah, you get a lot of activity. You got a lot of interested people. Because it's a good price. It's a great, yeah. And you're like, price. whoa, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. But you need a helicopter. But then to they get don't there. understand. You know, yeah. you can even put that in the description that it's a landlocked property, but you'll get tons of people calling you and saying, hey, um, what does landlock mean? <laughs> right. How do yeah. I get there? Yeah, but I can get there. Like, I can still use it, right? Like, so you, mm-hmm. you go through all that stuff. So we've made a kind of company decision not to move forward with landlock properties anymore. But and again, like there's there's niches that that would be perfect. I think we've talked about the in-depth on past podcasts. Mm, right. Or if that's your niche and you're really a good problem solver and maybe if you're on the ground there, it might be okay. Yeah. Really sloped properties I'm cautious with. I, I will buy sloped properties mm-hmm. still, but they have to be the right price. 
and probably cheaper than what you think you need to buy them at. Um, because slope properties, they take a while to sell, even if you price them great, you know, price them really aggressively. It just always seems to be, I don't make a lot of money on the slope properties. You know, we made money on slope properties, but uh, I'm cautious with them. I think that's anytime that it limits the buyer pool, Yeah, it's an issue. Right. You want to have something that's, um, that is wanted by as many people as possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Some frequently asked questions that we've been getting about this program. You know, I really just mentioned it a few times on the podcast before, and we're already getting a ton of people interested in the Partner with Pete program. I think we've got 11 deals that we've committed to doing already. Go but, ahead. What's that question? Oh, the fr- frequently asked questions. Will you run out of money? So yes. will we run out of money to fund these deals? Wow. That like hurts. <laughs> the answer is no. I was waiting for you to answer. Okay. The answer is no. We will not run out of money. And not not because we've got some sort of huge multi-billion dollar nest egg that we're sitting on or anything like that. It's the fact that we've got access to additional funds beyond what we have ourselves. So if, you know, we just got to like bring all the deals. Like we bring all the deals. We'll figure out we'll figure out the money on our side. Okay, what's the next one? Yes. What do I do if you won't fund the deal? What Try. happens if you submit it and for one reason or another I say, oh, it's it's not something we can move forward with because the profit margin's not enough or, you know, for a variety of reasons. I try to let you know why we can't do it for mm-hmm. sure, but it happens, you know, like some of the deals that we won't be able to do for one reason or another. In those cases, I would definitely suggest posting that deal in our land conquest community. Mm-hmm. We've got a whole category for that. It's called fund my deal. You just start a post at the top, select the fund my deal category. We've got so many people in the group that are funders as well, not investors. They're actually funders and looking for deals. Post the details of of your deal. Make sure you have a signed purchase agreement first. Post the details of that deal. And uh, I think you'll be surprised. You'll get a lot of people interested in doing that. So people are interested in all different price Mm -hmm. ranges, all different criteria. People have areas that they like, areas that they don't like. If it's a deal, it will resonate with someone. And I think the reason why we, here I go saying, I think again, our criteria is different than other people's because we're bringing a whole team. So it mm-hmm. doesn't make sense if the, the profit's less than $10,000 because mm-hmm. we're paying a whole team of people to work on this. Yes, And a, a lot of people are just single funders or what right. have you. And we do uh, all the back end research. So we absorb all that cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why it doesn't mean that your deal is necessarily a bad deal or anything like that. It's just that we have the criteria because we have expenses. And honestly, on sometimes there's not great comps available in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't have a lot of experience experience in that particular geographical area. And I'm just not confident in the value. Mm-hmm. So someone else might look at that and say, oh, I, we sold a property right down the street from that. I know that we will get a ton of action. If we put that property up and it's, I'm very confident. In it. Sometimes you just go with whatever information you have and you try to make the best decision that you can. So we try to be quick. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, we want to get an answer to you. And, um, and when you're saying that you would tell them like, it's, I don't have confidence in the comps because there aren't any for right. what I, how I value it or evaluate it, not value it. Yep. So, okay. Oh, this is a good one. Can we wholesale? You wrote it, so I'm yeah. sure it's a good one. <laughs> can we wholesale the deal to you instead? Meaning instead of partnering with us, can you just sell us the deal? I mean, that's what they mean by wholesaling. So how that would, first of all, yes, mm-hmm. we're very interested in that as well. If you have a property, say you have a property under contract for $10,000 and you think it's worth $25,000, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I might look at that as a partner and say, uh, I can't quite partner on it because there's just not enough profit margin in it. But then you might say, well, I still want to you know, do this deal. I still want to make some money off this deal or something like that. What if we assign that deal to you for $2,500? It's like $2, you're buying the deal outright. Like yes. Just at that point so, in the transaction, I will buy that from right. you. I'll complete it. 
and you get paid out then. Right. So you get the money then as opposed to having to wait. So what would happen in that situation is basically at the closing of the purchase, not of the resale, not, you know, this is not dependent at all on what we sell it for or anything like that. We, you would get a uh, wire from, you know, uh, escrow or attorney uh, for your closing, your fee for that. It's kind of like guaranteed money and you get it quicker. You have, don't have to be waiting around for that, you know, deal to ultimately sell. So I might actually put that on the form. You know, are you interested in a wholesale offer also? Mm-hmm. Might do that. It's because people were asking about that and we're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I guess. And then this one's kind of related to another. I'm concerned there will be too many others in the community that want to do this too. Is there a limit to how many deals you will do? The answer to that is no, there's no limit. I will Sky's sell, the limit. I will sell all of Pete's things to fund your deals before yes. I'll say no. I don't carry a lot of uh, things. And I get like $3. It's all like camera equipment and those are my expensive toys, I guess you could say. Camera equipment. Mm-hmm. They're still not like, you no. know, gosh, we're boring. <laughs> we don't have any like expensive habits. I'm pulling up questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is the segment. I really look forward to this segment every week in the Turning Profit podcast. And this is where we highlight questions from our land conquest community. These are questions that we pulled right out of the community. Sometimes we've answered them in the community. Sometimes I just saw them before getting recording this podcast. And then I never see them beforehand. So they're always a surprise yes. for me. So hopefully I can answer them. Hopefully I pick the ones that I actually can yeah, answer. Yeah, we'll see here, huh? Okay. So Christopher says, flat rate MLS listing. Hey, friends. Hope everyone is doing well. Has anyone ever done a flat a flat fee MLS listing service? We were considering trying it versus listing with an agent, which costs more. Any suggestions? Go for it, Pete. Yes. Flat fee MLS listing service is a good option for certain situations. First of all, if the price of the property is too low that you're having a hard time getting an agent to take mm-hmm. the listing on that. I think we talked about that in the last podcast about how when you really break it down, someone might get like 2% or not like they might get like 1% of the price yeah. at the end of the day. Like that could be like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. So an agent who would be a great agent that you might use for something else might say, hey, on this one, it's just the price of the property is just, it doesn't make sense when I have to pay everybody, my broker and everything. Right. So that's when you're talking about Listing yourself. So basically what a flat fee MLS listing service is that it's a company that they will put your property into the MLS, but they will not act as an agent on your behalf. They won't take a commission, anything like that. You'll have to offer a cooperating commission to other agents or brokers if they bring their clients. So Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. You'll probably have to offer, you know, I would suggest three, four, five percent commission even depending on how aggressive that you want to get there's no like we don't want to do any, any antitrust things like we're not suggesting because you're still no, a licensed broker, no. but that's like for us selling our our properties mm-hmm. that's what we do and right. we also feel that brokers and agents should be compensated right so try to figure out how much they would make and then you know come up with something that's going to get their attention that's mm-hmm. the whole, whole reason of doing it but and when you put it in those flat fee mls listing services it'll syndicate it to all those other real estate websites that people are looking at, like Zillow or Realtor.com or Redfin. Right. I think, because I do that a lot, I need to find a new buzzword, right? (laughs) Yes. Um, My opinion is that if you can list with an agent, it's 100% worth the added cost because you get your life back and they do what they specialize in doing. They're going to do the paperwork. They're going to have all the specialty. Well, there's different, different, what are those called? Addendums and stuff for different areas. They're going to know all that. And hopefully they're going to bring a lot of wealth to the table about land in the area and bring you a good buyer. Yeah. And they'll take the hassle for you. So. Yep. And one other note about Mm -hmm. that, I would think about it less like how much is this going to cost me to list with an agent versus how much I will net at the end of the day. You know, when you think about it, having a, quality agent or broker associated with your listing is probably going to bring 
a, a better price than you're going to be able to generate on your own. Just legitimizing Joe, Joe Schmo from, you know, wherever mm-hmm. it's going to sound a little shady. If you have it represented by a quality agent, you're, you're probably going to be able to offset that whatever commission that you pay them just right. in that. Alex says kind of along the same line, um, how do you guys sell lower priced, smaller lots? I have been trying Facebook and dabbling in Landwatch. Do you guys have any suggestions on where to sell, where and how to sell smaller lots and lower price lots? Thank you, guys. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I couldn't no, get that out. No, thank you, Heather. Yeah, I know, right? I do a degree. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, again, uh, the MLS listing service is a good option. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also do Facebook Marketplace, like mentioned here. Our Land- daughter wrote a whole post on that in the community, Yes, too. very extensive as well. So um, check was that like, out. She was the one who's been list- like helping us list yes. on there. So that's, that's a great tool. Mm-hmm. Craigslist is still... Um, happening in some areas. Some areas it is not happening at all. There's other things like putting an actual sign on the property. People mm-hmm. overlook that. You, It's great for picking up deals from neighbors that way. Also, neighbor letters is another thing. You basically, you uh, use one of the apps like PropStream is a good one. You can draw a circle around your property and it'll pull all the neighboring property owners around there and you could send them a letter saying, hey, I've got this property. It's off market. Are you interested? Right. Yeah. What about eBay? eBay, yeah. The uh, lower price property is interesting putting them on eBay. Yeah, a lot of lower price properties sell on there. I think the lower price ones um, are almost like novelty items mm-hmm. in people's minds. Like, oh, that's cool. I can buy a piece of land. So you need to think outside the box. That's not necessarily someone. Well, that's not always the case, but not necessarily someone that's looking to build a homestead. Right. And associated with the Facebook marketplace, too, mm-hmm. I would join the local buy and sell groups in Facebook mm-hmm. so in that particular area. And then link the, your property, your Facebook Marketplace listing in those groups. It gives you that option when you're actually posting the, the listing. You don't want to put it in these groups. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Because like I said, if that's someone who's like, sometimes people who aren't even thinking about buying, if it's low priced enough, they'll be like, well. Yeah, why not? Yeah, like I have some money. That would be perfect. Right. You're converting people who aren't even looking for land into buying it. Right. Okay, Amanda asks, help, counter or buy it? We have a piece of land that meets all our criteria. We offered 77000 and the owner is interested in selling all the comps we see put the property in the 120 to 130 range. Here's the kicker. The owner said he has an agent out and he, oh, he had an agent out and he said he would list it for 89.9. Do we counter at a lower price or trust our comps? Are you looking to scale your land flipping business quickly? Well, we're happy to present our new cutting edge system built specifically for land flippers. Take a look at the Land Conquest business system today and you'll gain full access to a customizable pre-made website, CRM, dedicated phone numbers, text automations, 24-7 support, and more. It's basically a business in the box. Go to software.landconquest.com to learn more. Okay, so counter or uh, trust your gut. I would hold firm. You know, I think you're already kind of pushing it at that 77 to 120 spread. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of a tight deal, especially if you're going to get a funding partner, you're going to have a hard time getting a, getting a funding partner to do that deal. Plus, you know, you got to consider that you're not going to net $120,000 on the sale. Uh, you're going to net maybe 105 or something like that. And so you pick it up for 77, you got closing costs on the buy and the sell side, you're going to not make as much as you thought, basically. Mm-hmm. Plus, you want to leave yourself some some margin for error. Maybe there's, 
you know, you're, you're confident about 120, but maybe ultimately it sells for 110, 110, 105. You want to be able to have some flexibility to put it, put a deal together. I wouldn't push it too close. I'd I'm be conservative. Say, like, Hey, if it, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. There's right. more deals out there. Right. I would stick to that. Right. And you can't control what these, this other agent coming in doing or whatever. I wouldn't, couldn't be concerned with that. I would, I would set a number that makes sense for you where mm-hmm. you're going to hit that desired return. And if you can't do it and, and it, if they won't do it, then and move on. Yeah, so. this is what I can do. Mm-hmm. Let me know if you want to. Yeah. You'd be surprised too, because then they're like, okay, now I, they're just trying to get extra money because right. now they've decided to sell it. And in the back of their mind, um, they might be thinking, they'll do it. They'll come up. I don't really want to sell Here's it that one way. thing. Here's one thing I would say. You're at 77. The agent's at 89,000. If they're going to pay an agent the uh, the 10% commission, mm-hmm. They're already at what they're 80? 80,000. Yeah. So, and then they're going to have to wait for the right buyer to come along. Then they're going to have to pay closing costs. Doesn't make any sense. Just present it to them like that and just say, hey, you're going to net more by going with me because I pay all your closing costs. We'll get this done right away. You don't have to wait for any extensive marketing period. Let's just do it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Just present it that way. Okay. So Max says thoughts on cold calling. Hi all. Thank you, Pete, for putting this together. Um, it is an awesome resource. I'm going through the training now and know you're a big proponent of mailing. My question is twofold for anyone in here. Has anyone had success cold calling? Question mark. If so, what is your average time to close a deal versus direct mail? Yeah. And then he also said, I've got a sales background and love cold calling and have all the time to do it. So that's not an issue there. Okay. He can use his um, phone skills when the stuff starts coming in. Uh-huh. Go on. What would you yeah. say? I would say, honestly, it really doesn't matter how you generate the deals. Direct mail works for mm-hmm. us. That's why we teach direct mail. But I know it's not the only way to get things done. I know it's not the only way to get deals. If you feel like cold calling will work for you, I know it works for other investors. Uh, There's varying reports on how well it works, but it probably all comes down to the list you're working anyhow, and maybe the skills of the cold caller. It doesn't matter. You know, if you feel that confident that you can make that work, go for it. Just it's about getting the deals. Just keep in mind, direct mail does work. That's why we teach it. Um, I'm not saying these other things don't work, but... Well, I can tell you as someone who gets calls nonstop for houses that people think I own because we had the listing when it was a bank owned 15 years ago, I get I get them constantly and the text messages. Even if I did own it, it would be very hard for me to want. Like, it's annoying. Mm -hmm. And so people will probably be more openly hostile to you um, Mm -hmm. when you're doing that route because it's more like in your face. I think as long as you have the skills and the emotional stability to handle what you might hear, I mean, I just- Rejection, you gotta be able to take rejection. Right, right. right. And I like that the that the male is less intrusive, but you know, maybe that would work. I, you know, I don't know. And try and see if you actually enjoy it. So, some people you know? might just be uh, really, really good on the phone. You know, mm-hmm. if I was gonna do that and I didn't have any budget for marketing, I would, I would be very specific about who I'm calling and everything and just say- Hey, this is Pete Reese. You know, I'm kind of looking to buy some some properties in your area. I saw that you've got 10 acres off of, you know, Smith Road over mm-hmm. there. I don't know. I just always had my eye on that. And um, just I ever thought, you know, wanted to see if you'd ever entertain me, me uh, entertain selling it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to be smoother than that. But, mm-hmm. you know, be but just that conversational and don't be robotic with your script. Yeah, and don't lie. Like, don't make it sound yeah, like you're going to build a house for your family. If, oh yeah, yeah, we don't. Or your, we don't like that stuff. I, you know. I get a lot of letters in the mail because we own a, a lot of properties, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we get uh, letters from other investors, and I don't really enjoy those ones where it's like, hey, you know, we're starting a family, a family here. Yeah, yeah when I know this isn't the case. Yeah. 
Right, because then at the bottom will be like land hawk something or other <laughs> investment corporation. I'm like, wait, yeah. they're they're going to be building a hot, you know? Yeah, I know. So, anyways, yeah, I give it a try. I think the the takeaway from that is try anything. You know, all these things we've talked about. Maybe you'll come up with a better idea for the initial funding mm-hmm. or a hybrid approach. Or if you get creative, you can find the money. Right. And then the other part of it, the actual deal funding, you've got so many options that shouldn't hold you back. Right. And they weren't when we started those. These weren't readily available. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. And then we, our whole goal was to, okay, us back then, if we needed the funding, what would the solution look like? like? And that's how you created everything that goes into that package. Right. Because the goal is that, you know, we offer this training program. It helps people get deals. If they need funding, they bring it to us. We make money on the deal, right? Right. By funding it. But we also make the... um, the deal finders life easier by offering all the solutions past finding the deal. Right. So they can get back out there, find more deals. And you then don't have to have the whole team that we have. You could create the whole team like we have. And maybe that's something that some people would really want to do. And some people would be like, nope, I just want to find the deals and get paid. Yeah. Maybe maybe you strive towards that. Maybe you, you know, get your feet wet, start doing this. And Mm -hmm. then you want to build out your own team. You want to do that whole thing yourself. Um, you know, uh, that, that's great. It's all up to you. Yeah. So what are our closing thoughts? Do you have any closing thoughts for today's episode? Uh, No real closing thoughts. I would just kind of reset your, your beliefs a little bit. I think a lot of people get too hung up on this money thing. And I know that you hear this in the investment world that, you know, I get hung up on the, you know, it's about the deal. It's, it's not about the money, but it's it's really true. You have the deal. You don't need the money. Well, you don't have to worry about the money. You don't have to worry about the money. If there, if it's a, if it's a deal, you can find the money. There's there's enough people with money to invest that if they see, you know, and a lot of people are used to banks mm-hmm. and it's different. That was the other thing in land. It's completely different than like typical funding. Mm-hmm. It's based off of the piece of land. I don't know if there's any other industries that are like that because like even if you had private money from flipping houses, it's different. You have to put money down. You have different things. And there's no... Um, like you're not making a payment to the lands, you know, like every month, normally you're not going to have to say, okay, I'll pay this 10%. And if they don't sell it in six months, you're not going to come after them and take their prized puppy or something. Right. Oh, that's another question mm-hmm. I got. I should have put that in the frequently mm-hmm. asked questions. I know some funders, some land investor mm-hmm. funders, they will cap it, you know, say if it, the property doesn't sell, either your your split on the profits goes down or eventually gets phased out completely. We don't do that. No matter how long it takes to sell, you're going to get your 50% of the profits. Now, keep in mind that we do reduce the the list price of the properties until we get to that point where it actually sells. So profit margins will be going down, uh, you know, longer, the longer we hold a property. But we're not going to come back and say, oh, you know, we're only going to give you 20% of the profits, anything like that. That's not, that's not what we do. So we it's 50-50. Right. We just split. want to create something that we would have wanted if we were in that position. Um, so where where are you hanging out on social media these days if they want to connect? Okay, so I'm going to be putting a lot more effort into my Instagram account. And you can find me there at Reese Peter. If you guys have a better username suggestion oh, for yes. Pete, please let, let us know. Because this has been going on for years now <laughs> that we've been trying to think of something better um, and we can't think of it. Hmm. So if you have a better suggestion for him, like Big Man Petunia... <laughs> Big Petey. Big Petey, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm being dead serious, though. Please, please let us know because I cannot. It's a good one. I need to check what, that. What was it? Big Petey. 
<laughs> We're not doing that. Yeah, let us know. But so you can find Peter um, on Instagram. I think it's going to be your hub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reese Peter. Obviously, our YouTube channel. We put a lot of effort into that. We've got a lot more content planned for that. To find us on YouTube, just search at Turning Profit. I just searched it on my phone because I logged in on our other account. Okay. And for some reason, I I follow you. Us. Good. I follow us. Well, that's I know. great. Yay! But I. Just went to Google because I was lazy and Turning Profit pulled it right up. Okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, TurningProfit.com has got all of our income reports on there. We spend a lot of time on producing that content as well. And those income reports kind of show you what's happening in our business, maybe what's possible. So you could kind of duplicate those mm -hmm. results yourself. Like each month we detail the revenue, the gross profit, every single deal that we did, what we bought it for, what we sold it for, what we learned. All this kind of stuff. Check it out. We do that on a monthly basis. Obviously, to get to our community, yeah. it's landconquest.com. Press the orange buttons on there, and uh, you get access to the free training training program at <laughs> no cost in that community. Yeah. And then on social media, I'm It's a Lovely Life, but I don't really talk about real estate, but you're welcome to come say hi. Yes. I'm just here moderating Pete's podcast. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much for watching. Yeah. And we will see you next week. Sounds good. See you. All right. See ya. Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.